2: Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. On January 11th, 1992, two hunters discovered the burned body of a female victim. When police arrive, they can quickly see that this wasn't just another killing, but something far more sinister. In fact, few crimes in modern times have caused as much public horror as this grisly Indiana murder. So, listeners, don your broomsticks because tonight we're visiting the Witch's Castle.
3: <laughs>
4: and, baby, talk murder to me. So what are we drinking tonight, Jen? We're drinking
3: Witch's Brew. I like it. That's it's very tropical. It is a uh, pineapple juice, ginger ale, pomegranate juice, rum. Rum. Grenadine. And no, I didn't put grenadine, I
2: forgot.
4: Do you guys remember when like pomegranate juice was like the craze a couple yes. of years back where everyone's like obsessed with the health benefits the, of pomegranate? Yes, a
2: palm. Juice.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we have yeah, that. Now. That's
4: what we bought.
2: For oh, this that's drink, what yeah. For the drink, we watched a documentary on that on huh? pomegranates. Yeah, remember that guy that owns the pomegranate thing was like stealing water. It's like this whole water documentary. <gasps> oh yeah. yeah,
3: interesting.
2: He's like stealing water from other farms, and like he's got a monopoly on water
3: in
4: California, right?
2: Yeah, it's the guy that owns the pom the palm company.
4: I do remember that
3: vaguely. Yes, that makes me sad. People around the world need well, water. it's like irrigating
4: parts of California that should be irrigated I don't understand this water crisis.
2: Somebody please explain to me. I, I feel honestly if humans, if we die out because we don't have any water, I think we're fucking idiots. Well, there we, is water every fucking where.
4: Well, we need to figure out how to convert ocean water into drinkable water.
2: That's, we've already figured that out a In thousand a, a years scale, ago. You can boil it. And disinfect it disinfected. Mm. There's also those filter straws. You could put iodine in it. Mm. There's actually this book called The Water Book, and each page is blank, but it's a, it filter. a filter. And like they give it to these villages, and you just rip out one page and you can filter your entire well's water for like a week, just pouring it through one page. Wow. But yet, That's we, it's not that we don't have enough water is that the people are monopolizing it because they're trying to make Mm. money. If we we run out of water, we're fucking sad.
3: Well, it doesn't really matter in the end anyway because everyone's going to be robots because technology is taking over. (laughs) Just like chickens. Do you know that chickens outnumber humans? There could be an uprising of chickens.
2: Yeah, but no, because chickens are caged and they don't have consciousness like we have consciousness.
3: I don't know. Do you remember that movie Chicken Coop? Chicken Run? Chicken Run. (laughs)
4: Do you remember that movie?
3: How
2: to fly? No, I don't remember No, that that
3: that's movie. Wallace and Gromit. No, I thought Chicken Run, they figured out how to fly. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, that was, that I, was I, like I their know. escape, wasn't it? They like Maybe. built a contraption to fly together? Oh, yes. But it was by the same people that made Wallace and Gromit. And the chickens, they like wanted to take over because they were sick of being cut up and eaten. There are a lot of things that outnumber us. Insects outnumber us.
2: Well, that's because we manufactured chickens. You know those raisinets I just ate? Yeah. The back of the carton said... This product may be genetically engineered.
3: Hmm. Well,
2: I mean, China's genetically engineering eggs, and there ain't no fucking chickens in China. They're making eggs without chicken.
4: One time I went they to- are starting to make meat in labs too.
3: I don't know. Like we were talking about the. It's okay. much more sustainable.
4: They're I mean, also I don't making know.
2: honey, and they don't well, even have bees like over drugs. there. The bee
3: crisis is real. Yeah. Guys, bees are important, even though they're scary and might sting you. Honeybees won't, but some bees will. It's bees are were...
2: important. Yes, yes they, they are. What happens if honey goes off the It's market? not, it's just not honey. honey. It's not what honey. It?
3: They fertilize our flowers. They pollinate. Thank you, pollinate. There it... will
2: be another species no. No. that comes up nope. and takes their place. No. That's how evolution works. Survival of the is. fittest. The bees have the monopoly on the pollinization right now. <laughs> yeah, but if they're the off, monopoly. if they're out of the scene, then someone else huh. will come up.
3: You're making bees sound right, like John. Greedy
4: Wall so Street, when all the
3: So when all the bees die out, you can pollinate the flowers. <clears throat> yeah. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise.
2: Watermelon pucker. Nope. Watermelon vodka.
3: No. Watermelon rum?
2: No. Watermelon tequila? No. Watermelon whiskey?
3: No. Is it watermelon? No.
2: Oh, I know. It's um, Jolly Ranch or something?
3: No. Cotton candy? No. Uh.
2: Feces?
3: Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) It is Western Sun, 10 times distilled South Texas prickly pear flavored vodka interesting been, i liked it i've been eyeing this for a while and today i stopped by our friends at six mile spirits and finally bought it
2: first i'd like to say that i got yelled at again by one of our supporters talk primo really sorry john but you should have known i would yell at you for this <laughs> if it doesn't go through you it shouldn't go through plumbing Except toilet paper. No condoms or tampons in toilets. For the ocean, John. Sorry again. Scuba Megs couldn't stay quiet. <laughs> so I yes. guess, how is a toilet connected to the ocean? I'm just saying, I know I'm getting yelled at, and I'm not saying she's wrong, but our toilet goes to the ocean? So there's like tampons floating in the ocean? Yeah. Condoms? Yeah. There's, there's a whole like, bunch of shit in the ocean. John's like, I'm never going to the beach again. We just dump that shit in the ocean? Used condoms with sperm. I mean,
4: they they go to. Well, I guess a, they're already
2: swimming, so <laughs> it's like they a, go to a through a
4: sewer. And I think the sewer filters out some of that, but there's going to be some waste that flows into the ocean waters.
2: So there's used condoms in the ocean. Probably
4: Potentially. there's a hell of a lot of sperm in that ocean from whales. Yes, That's whale why sperm. the ocean is so salty.
2: That's so <laughs> gross. Now every time I go to the beach, I'm going to be looking out for condoms.
4: Oh, you should look about how much sperm, when a whale ejaculates, is displaced into the ocean. I don't want to know that. It's a lot of
2: (laughs) fucking sperm. Does it, like, make other fish pregnant when they swim through it? No, No. because you
3: can only get pregnant through your same species. Yeah, that would be the same thing as if some other type of animal tried to impregnate you. Well, what
2: if they get another whale pregnant? Do they have to take responsibility for the baby? Yes. I believe
3: child
4: support is required, yes.
2: It's like those guys that are like, I didn't cheat on you and have this illegitimate baby. You know, I got some semen on the toilet seat and she must have sat down. Doesn't really work that way. No.
3: Correct, people claim that. You know what people uh, have she, claimed? She
2: touched it and now she's pregnant. No. no that doesn't work that y- way. You know
3: what could potentially work though? Turkey basters. You can turkey base something up there, yes.
2: Turkey base what?
3: Semen. You can...
4: You can use what? a turkey. That's how s- some women get inseminated. Yes, basically. It's a turkey baster.
2: Inseminated. <laughs> Did
4: you ever see the movie um, The Switch with Jennifer
3: Aniston? Yes. yes. That is a
4: legitimate You've
2: been inseminated. So, thank you, Lamegs. Thank this you. is the second time you yelled at me in public.
3: Thank you for holding John
2: accountable. I gave you two hints tonight. One was witches. Witches get stitches. And McNuggets. So, Nicole, where are we going? Who are we killing?
4: I believe we're going to Massachusetts tonight. Hmm. In Is the... that where the
2: Salem Witch yes, Trials happen? Yes, it oh, is. Yeah, that makes sense.
4: A girl who thought she wanted to, she was getting really interested in the Salem Witch Trials in, in Salem. And she was studying or practicing her witchery really late one night and witchery. decided to go to McDonald's to get some nuggets. And then she was mysteriously murdered when she was at McDonald's.
2: By a witch?
4: Not by a witch. Oh, I only
2: but... listened to like half of what you just said. sorry. That's all
4: right. I really came up with that on the fly. That wasn't my best work, but that's okay.
2: We are going to Indiana. The name is a Native American name, meaning the land of the Indians. Oh, that's fun. So tonight we are going to Madison, which is right square in the middle of Indiana you're from indiana let me know let me know if you've heard this story all right so this is don foley
4: Ooh, a recreational hunter Uh it's always a a hunter
2: that finds these bodies yeah man so go to talkmurder.com. to see all the pictures i'm putting everything up there it was saturday january 11th 1992 don foley and his brother ralph they were going quail hunting you guys ever eat quail no quail's amazing when i used to work for my grandma's seafood restaurant they would do quail quail is like the best type of bird yeah to eat the only problem is so many bones
4: Mm, because it's small right
2: it's like a brim brim's amazing what's brim but it's so many bones what's brim all right well i'm here with a bunch of yankees tonight so anyone any of your southern people oh whitney you you know what some brim is you know what some quail is don't you whitney
3: what do quail eggs taste like do they taste like regular eggs
2: i don't have never had a quail egg
3: I don't want to like buy them
2: and not like them. What's that royalty little bird that? So like really wealthy people eat this bird, but it's it's like a a delicate. It's like small. It's a baby. A Cornish hen. And you have yeah. to no, it's not a Cornish hen. You have to put. Um, you have to cover your face when you eat it. Like you put this hood on and you eat it because it's so so wrong to eat it. It's like a little baby bird. Some of these fucking rich people they always eat it.
3: You, you sound say, the sound that sounds like. Something that would happen in a, in like an
2: initiation ceremony for a cult. I'm not talking about like rich like Brad Pitt. I'm talking about
3: like royalty, Prince
2: whatever, Prince uh, Harry. They eat that stuff. It's like a small bird. If you're out there and you guys know what I'm talking about, let me know. It's a small bird. They cover their face because th- the theory is they're ashamed to eat it. I've it's never, a real thing.
4: I know. I know. I'm fascinated. I want to know what it is.
2: All right. Anyway, we're not rich enough yet. Correct. Him and his brother go down a country road. They go way down the country. They travel about eight miles until they see a burnt pile of rags on the side of the road. Now they are in, as Whitney says, BFE, which Wayne let us know what that is. Thanks to Wayne. Bumfuck Egypt, right?
4: Yes. I don't understand that. I, I guess it's just an expression that we've been living under a rock for our entire lives about. Maybe because
3: like I, some of Egypt is the desert and there's like nothing in the desert.
2: I've never been to Egypt, but Me either. If you look up the pyramids, it's like such a sight to see. But then you look across the road and there's like a shitty Pizza Hut and all those hmm. like slums.
3: Yeah, it's like you turn the camera the other side yeah. and it's the city.
2: They never do that, but like it's shitty on the other side. Anyway, well the pyramids were built by, built by aliens, but. That's another podcast. No, they weren't.
3: They were built by
2: no. They were not Jews. They were not <laughs> built by Jews. Yes, they were. Number one, the rocks oh are cut so precise that even our modern day technology could not cut them that that precise. They were slaves. Plus, they were enslaved. They had to make it that perfect. It would have took a million years to build them damn pyramids today.
1: I
4: do not think it was the an alien.
2: Aliens built the pyramids, no. and plus they're precisely in line with the sun. Okay. And they had and
4: nothing else to do back then. Babe. Yahweh helped that them. The
2: aliens built the pyramids as a communication system. That's why the, haven't
3: they communicated more? Well, I guess we'll find out when they, they storm are. You're, we're area just
2: not 51. listening. We're all too. How are we busy. supposed to listen? We're too busy on our cell phones. Too busy listening to podcasts out there. We don't listen to aliens, Jen. Are
3: they
4: harmful? Are you going to storm Area Fifty One?
2: No, because <laughs> there's nothing there. It's just like Fort Knox. There's so much gold in Fort Knox. You fucking you think there's any gold in Fort Knox? Bullshit. If they
4: I didn't know that you, was a conspiracy. If there's
2: aliens and technology, it's out in the middle of freaking Indiana in a cornfield. You gotta go way in the back and open this secret hatch and then go down the secret elevator for like a thousand feet. Sounds and like there's you've this been whole this lab. Place. Yeah, right? <laughs> Seems like what?
4: You've been to this place. No, I'm saying <laughs>
2: Well, it's just like where are all the nuclear bombs buried? They're buried they're all nowhere. over the country, just yeah. like in random places. Anyway, yeah. all right. You um, could be
3: on top of one.
2: Anyway, sorry. Now he sees him and his brother driving their truck down. Hey, what's that? What's that done? It looks like a thing of rags over there. Somebody them burnt them rags. They can still smell the rags burning. And now, keep, all right. So if it's fresh, keep my name. Nobody ever come down this road. This is an isolated country road in Indiana. And I'm gonna show you the Google Maps and you'll be like, damn. Now he looks over and his brother. He's like, Don says, Hey, that that's just a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. It's never just a mannequin, guys. If you ever see a mannequin, even if it's got his head chopped well, off, it's the never a damn best
4: mannequin? mannequin. Remember the New York guy, the butcher yes. of New York?
2: Yep. Yes. They quickly realized it wasn't a mannequin or a blow up doll. Okay. And true. It was actually a charred victim.
4: B- body. Yeah.
2: A body. It was just laying there. Now it's January. It's Hold. fucking freezing in Indiana right now. So they go back. They're like, we can't quail hunt today because we got to go get the sheriff. The deputy sheriff, Randall Spry, comes out there. Also, the Jefferson County Sheriff, Buck Shipley, arrived with also a few of the Indiana State Police and the forensic people and everything, because they know it's a body. Nicole, can you read the description of what the victim looked like?
4: Her face and upper body were charred beyond recognition. Some layers of skin flapped in the wind. As he knelt at her side, the Foley's looked in horror at the flesh that was still visible on the lower half of her body. Her legs were bloodied and spread wide open. She was nude except for a pair of blue panties, which had been pulled to one side.
2: Wow. Now, the body was actually, yeah, it was posed. But like I said, it was freezing out there, so it's in this mud hole, like Like almost a shallow grave, frozen over by the time they got out there. Completely frozen over. And charred pretty bad. I'm going to show you pictures of that, the autopsy photos. Go to com if you want to see some pretty gruesome shit.
4: There was a pool of blood underneath her head. Her legs were slightly bent and raised at the knees. Her hands were in the classic clenched boxer position associated with the fire victim, tightened up from the reaction of the intense heat. Both hands were partially covered in pseudo-casting material. Whatever material she was holding had melted down, forming red casts. Along with the face and upper torso, the hair had obvious thermal damage. There were clumps of hair that had burned off. There were other clumps that were black and matted and stiff like a paintbrush.
3: I wonder what that red material could be. Maybe they actually put boxing gloves on her. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be
2: funny. No, but... I know. I, I don't understand um, the boxer position.
3: I guess... If like you're, you're holding...
4: Oh, you're yeah, You're yeah, protecting yeah. your face.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Lesser thermal damage existed on the lower torso of the body, but it was an equally horrifying sight. She had some blistering on her legs from the heat, and the victim's blue panties were only partially burned there appeared to be purposely pulled back slightly to the left around the vagina. The anus... Oh, Jen, you read this. It's too gross.
3: Why do I gotta read it? Just uh, read the finish of what I said. The anus of the deceased had an unusually wide opening, and the body appeared to be posed in a sexual way which suggested some kind of sick molestation.
2: I don't even know why I try to read this shit. Well, we can read. All right, so here is where we're, the body was We're found.
3: thoroughly de- desensitized.
2: All right, the body was actually found off Lemon Road. Now, this is Lemon Road. At the scene, there were tire prints. There was a melted bottle of something, completely melted. Later, they found out it was a bottle of Pepsi. The detectives looking at the body from what was left of the body, they noticed it was posed in a very provocative way.
4: So do they think that that was done post-mortem?
2: I don't know the answer to your question, but I can tell you it was before because oh, okay. of the story. Interesting. I don't okay. know if they knew, though. That's a good question. I don't know if they could tell. Before
3: but... she died, they, they were posed that way?
2: Yeah. Now, the detectives immediately thought, because this is Indiana. This is way out in the Egypt of Indiana. This don't happen in Indiana. In fact, this is the most gruesome crime that has ever been committed in Indiana. Yeah, when, you, huh. when I think of Indiana, I don't know why, but, like, I just think of wholesomeness. I think of yeah, Indiana Jones.
3: <laughs> I think also think of Larry
2: Bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So
4: Larry
2: Bird is from Indiana. He
3: is. So it's Brad Stevens <laughs> and, <laughs> and Gordon Hayward.
2: You know, but there's no one really <laughs> from Indiana. It's like Larry Bird is, like, the biggest celebrity from Indiana. <laughs> well, the Jackson Five.
3: I've never seen Indiana Jones. Oh my God!
4: Oh what? whatever.
2: Don't watch the skull one. The Crystal Skull oh, sucks. Oh my God!
3: I love Indiana Jones.
4: So Indiana
2: much. Jones, the first one is amazing.
3: I, I like The Last Crusade. That's my favorite. Also, Harrison Ford said that he wouldn't let anyone play Indiana Jones after he dies. No
2: one can play Indiana Jones. No, it's that's all what Harrison. He's Ford. That would be a fraud. That's what he's saying. That's like, saying that's some like that's he doesn't want this. anyone to. Oh,
3: I hope that's part of like.
4: I hope he
2: got that in a contract. That's I like,
3: heard that Chris. They were thinking of. Chris Pratt, but Indiana, but Ooh. <laughs> Harrison Ford was like, no, no one's playing Indiana Jones after I I died. mean,
4: Chris Pratt could make a good Indiana Jones, but Harrison Ford—he was a stud. He still is. He looks good.
2: That's like someone playing Clint Eastwood.
4: Yeah, Clint, oh, yeah. Eastwood, Clint Eastwood is a fucking boss. I mean, my, d- my dad knew him. Clint Eastwood. Damn. Yeah.
2: So I don't think they're very great actors. I don't think Harrison Ford is a great actor. I mean, you could tell, but. He's so iconic because of that movie. I mean, you tell his uh, acting's like subpar, but like he's got this personality. That's why people love him.
4: He's he's um, he's charming.
2: Yeah, very charming. Kind of like me. Yes, you are. All righty, yes. then. Okay, now let's go. What, what was I talking about? I,
4: we have to do a movie marathon at some point, though, Jed, and have you watch the movies? They're amazing. I really, I thought I wanted them to be. Actually, I did want to be Indiana Jones when I grew up. I, that I wanted be really to be a cool.
3: paleontologist.
2: Here, look at and these the, photos.
4: If you had seen Indiana Jones, you may well have become one.
2: Look at these photos.
4: Is that her back?
2: Yeah, that's her back.
4: It's like, um, have you guys seen the trailer for, the new, trailer for the new Top Gun?
2: No. You guys aren't grossed out by these?
4: Oh, I'm gross. Uh, I'm sorry. I Is that a bullet hole? Not, but...
2: No, that's a knife wound to the back Ooh. of her neck.
4: Oof, that is some serious chart. It almost looks like there's, like, sand in, on her head.
2: Yeah, probably dirt. How old do you think she is?
3: 24. 37.
2: Now, detectives immediately thought that this was a drug deal gone wrong, okay? Because this doesn't happen in Indiana, and the crime mm. was so gruesome that it was definitely a drug deal. If you want to read this, Nicole.
4: The three law officials thought that maybe the killing was a result of a drug deal gone wrong in nearby Indianapolis, and the victim had been brought to this rural district and pushed out of a car by a gang of thugs. I had to assume the body dumped here came from another part of the world, Shipley later told the press. It was a crime that all that had all the markings of a big city slaying.
2: So when he said it was pushed out of the car, the body was sitting right there. If they would have just put the body... Few feet over into the dense then. brush, mm-hmm. the body would have gone unnoticed for months. So it was like, all right, this is crazy. It's got to be a drug dealer that just threw her out there and then posed the body like this just to screw with us. And, so that's like, what these care. detectives were thinking. They also found a class ring that survived, hmm. slightly charred, but it was from Jefferson High School. So in there. Now, Back at the station, it took them all day to process the scene. This was the most gruesome thing they've ever seen. I mean, these are all veteran cops that have been doing this forever. and They have never seen anything like this. And this is, in fact, the most gruesome crime that has ever been committed in Indiana. So if you're from Indiana, you got to have pride. I mean, I claim Pee Wee Gaskins, and that's a big that's a big thing to claim.
3: Oh, yeah. I claim... Lizzie Borden.
2: Oh, yeah, that's Who true. was actually acquitted. That is true. Um, she was? Yeah, mm-hmm. she was acquitted. At, oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, Sorry. I forgot that thing that we watched.
2: At 8.30 p.m., the detectives are back at the station when a 15-year-old, Sean Piles, walks in and tells them what he has overheard at the Anderson's Bowling Alley just a few hours ago. All right, this 15-year-old. He's kind of hysterical. He's like, I don't know if this is true or not. I just had to come tell you guys what's going on. Hmm. Now, the detectives are very interested because they just spent all day trying to figure out what the hell happened to this woman. Now, I'd like to say the bowling alley is a local teen hangout. Teen? Teen hangout. He comes in and he says, all right, here's what happened, detectives, Mr. Detective. There were four girls. And they kidnapped a 12-year-old girl. (gasps) Remember, I said she was wearing her Jefferson High School class ring, or Jefferson uh, Junior High School (gasps) ring. All right. They kidnapped a 12-year-old girl. They took her to the witch's castle where they sacrificed her.
4: What the fuck? (laughs) Shut the front door.
2: The hint was witches. (laughs) You guys didn't know this was like a sacrificial thing?
4: But a group of girls did
2: this? Witches are girls. Do you know any male witches? Warlocks. That's not Wizards. A, they're they're not witches. Wizards. It's like a You're
4: a wizard, Harry.
2: <laughs> anyway, yeah. witches are girls. There's right. no male witches. No, they're Wizards. Warlocks. Wizards they're, are good. Those warlocks
3: well
4: I don't Warlocks
2: are like ogres. That's like dungeons no, they're not. and dragons. All right.
3: Catch the latest se- season of American Horror
2: Story: The All Warlocks. Right. Aren't you guys even interested in what the witch's castle is? Yes.
3: yes. Is it a building? Ooh. Ooh, this
2: is the witch's castle. Oh, that's
3: fucking creepy.
2: Go to dot to look at the witch's that castle. That is
3: cl-
4: creepy looking. There's a nine in there. What is that from? I'm. It's a building. It's a real it. building. <laughs> what do you <laughs> mean it's <laughs> the witch's castle? <laughs> no, I know, but like, it looked. Did witches build it, or did? Well, was I'm going to this- tell you about it. I- okay. Oh, hell no, I wouldn't be walking around in those woods.
3: I'm
4: Unless... feeling,
3: Nicole. Oh. You sound a, a little loose tonight. Uh, me... Yeah, I needed the, the drink tonight. <sighs> is, it, is it getting you drunk enough? Yeah, it's definitely doing the job.
4: Why right? would
2: you put it in there? Roofies?
3: You know, I don't know
4: why they call it Roofies. Why don't they call it flories? Because,
2: no. Uh, <laughs> well, the drug is Rooflin. I used to have this buddy I know. in the Army.
4: That's from the, ha- the hangover. I used to have this
2: buddy in the Army that would take Rooflin, and he would, what? like, Roofy himself. To go to sleep? No, just to, like, hang out and shit. Because you take a small amount, it just makes you really fucked up.
3: That's like in you know, Arrested Development when Job takes up Forget-Me-Nots and he just <laughs> roofies himself. <laughs> uh,
2: so, go to TalkMore.com. I'm putting a video on there of The Witch's Castle. Oh, a little video? It's a paranormal video. They do EVPs. And all kinds of crazy shit. This is the witch's castle. Let me scroll through these pictures for you guys.
3: Nicole, did you know the ghost hunters are actually from Rhode Island? I did not.
2: This is out in the middle of Indiana. In in the middle middle of of the woods. Yeah, in the middle of the woods.
4: Are there like hobos living in here? It looks like an old church.
2: Nobody lives in here. Let me tell you the story of the witch's castle.
4: Creepy as shit.
2: The legend. Or excuse me. Legend has it. A coven of witches. Coven. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Legend has it that a coven of witches once lived in this castle. Now, this is located in Utica, Indiana.
3: I don't know how. I mean, it's not a very big building. How would a whole coven live in there?
2: The witches were actually Native American. And way back in the day, I'm talking about like 1800s. Way back in the day when this castle when this castle was first erected. Well that was supposed to be spooky, but it sounded really weird.
4: It just, well, you just it sounded word, like you so. were yeah.
2: A group of Native American witches lived in this castle and they were forced out by the townsfolk. I love the old stories where they use the word townsfolk. That's a great word. They were forced out because local children started going missing. Oh. And Were they
4: sacrificing virgins?
2: The last straw was when a little girl from the town goes missing. And they knew these witches that lived in this castle took the girl and sacrificed her.
4: Were these still the Native She's American the witch. ones? witch.
2: Burn her. Burn her. So they go in, the townsfolk, with their pitchforks and their torches. Huh? And they burn the castle down.
3: Grab I've... your torch and pitchforks. I feel like okay. I've heard this story before.
2: Once the... Once the town folk began to search the property, they found small bones. They found human skin hanging from a clothesline. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no, no. No, And what appeared to be the heart of a child stewing. In a pot on the fireplace. Oh God,
3: that gives a whole new meaning to Witch's brew. I'm going to rename this drink.
2: <laughs> it looks like we're drinking yeah, the heart it literally brew. Does look <laughs> <good>. <laughs> it, it
3: literally is blood red. This like... is
2: the brew of the little girl's. Oh no, heart
3: no, no, no! <laughs> it I'm looks finishing like mine,
4: right? It now looks like heart more
2: blood. More. It doesn't like heart blood, doesn't it?
4: What is the difference between heart blood and regular it, blood? Deoxygenated.
2: Yeah, more oxygen. That's why it's so dense and red.
3: Well, I don't have any more, so I don't feel guilty.
2: These bitches, I mean, these witches were tried as (laughs) witches and cannibals, hung, and the castle was burned to the ground. Bitches be witches. Many paranormal investigators claim, and some very compelling documentaries I've watched about this, that they can still hear, very faintly, the sound of the little girl mumbling, whispering. And floating around the property, the witch's castle. Insemination. Wait. No.
3: (laughs) Uh, No,
4: not quite. (laughs) That's what we were talking about earlier.
2: (laughs) Inseminate me. All right, let me tell you about the real story tonight. We are reading a book from, and she has a weird name, so please pronounce this somebody. Aphrodite Jones?
3: Aphrodite.
2: Aphrodite Aphrodite Jones? The book is called Cruel Sacrifices. It's by Aphrodite Jones. And she is a true crime author. She's got other books. This is the first one I've read by hers.
4: Whoa, look at this tagline. A tragic story of twisted love and insane jealousy, teen lesbianism, and the sadistic ritual of killing a young innocent girl that became... Known as the most savage crime in Indiana history,
2: and this is the first Whoa! book. I've, this is the first book I've ever read that used the word lesbian. Is it? I feel like people don't use that word anymore.
3: Yes, they do. They do.
2: Oh, do they? Yes. Maybe it's the first time I've ever seen it in a word. The book was kind of yeah. Okay, it had a lot of drama. Teenage drama, junior high, sliding notes into the locker room. So obviously the book is fucking amazing. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and you can get it for free on Kindle. If you go to talkmurder.com and go to the post, I have a link right there. It's for free for Kindle. Free nice. for Kindle, guy. All right, so let me talk a little bit about Shannon Share before we get into the story told by Tony Lawrence, the 15-year-old that actually was part of the murder. Let's go back to the sheriff's station. The 15-year-old is spilling his guts about what he heard at the uh, bowling alley. Now, the bowling alley was a teen hangout, okay? These are teens. This is a 12-year-old girl that you guys saw earlier. Jen, you said she was, what, 34? You said she was, what, 24? Mm -hmm. 12. Wow. But, again, you can't really tell when you're burned alive. Yeah. So they were interviewing this guy, and he was saying everything he overheard. But he was interrupted when a 15-year-old girl named Tony Lawrence walked in and confesses that she was part of the crime. But she was also with her parents at the time, so they were actually making her confess. Confess. Well, not making her, but Shannon Scherer is the one that was burned to death. Oh, sorry. Okay, she is the victim, 12-year-old victim. Now, she at the time was currently staying with her father since her mother and father split up. She would go there on the weekends to her father's place in Jeffersonville, which was kind of a middle-class, almost upper-class neighborhood, subdivision, you know, grass-kept nice or whatever. Not like Daniel Island. Holy shit, that place is nice. I walked around there today. I was like, damn, that place is sick.
3: I can't live there. It is very nice, but it's very crowded. Like, everything's close yeah. together. Two-step pretty.
2: Um, He lived on Capitol Hills Drive. Shanda was... Very popular. Now, You, some people say Shonda, but the mother actually calls her Shanda. So I'm doing what the mother says. Shanda. Shanda. Shanda was very popular at her school. She just moved to a new school, and she fit in very quickly. She was very attractive. She was starting to fill in, if you guys know what I'm saying. That sounds kind of weird. But she was getting the attention of all the boys. yeah. And even the girls.
4: Oh, which one she dun, in, the, dun, in these dun. pictures?
2: She was athletic, great figure, and she attracted boys and girls. Um, all right. She was athletic. She was also bisexual. She was a bisexual girl. She was currently seeing a girl named Amanda Heverin, which will come into play. But just to let you know, Amanda was the recent ex-girlfriend of one of our main protagonists tonight, Melinda Loveless. Which
3: protagonist was... or
2: antagonist? Ooh. Protagonist. Like the one that pushes the story forward. is that what the protagonist is? One of the main characters, Melinda Loveless, who was a full-blown lesbian. Hey guys, we're going to be reading a lot... Of love letters tonight.
4: Oh yeah, which
2: is going to be my favorite.
4: Oh god, we're oh, all going to have a chance oh, to read some high, some oh, junior some high lesbian, and all lovers. these
2: love letters that we're going to be reading tonight were slipped through the locker slits. Me, and in fact, two done. of these girls eventually became locker buddies. Did you ever have locker buddies? Yeah, I literally felt like I was back in junior high when I was reading this to get to know Shanda better. You can read this, Nicole.
4: Dear Diary, I can't believe it, but it's true. It's time for a new school year. Let me tell you what I'm looking forward to the most and what I'm dreading the most. Well, this year I'm going to a different school. I'm sort of scared I won't fit in because I heard that there are hoods, pretty girls, and all those guys. I wish my mom would understand that I don't want to be 12. I want to be 13. I wish I could tell people I was 13 and my mom would go along with that, but I know how my mom is. She's not that kind of person, but I would love it if she would. I would work hard, but I'm already going to do that. I love my mom very much, but she doesn't understand how I want to be 13 and have people spend the night on school nights and talk on the phone past 10 o'clock. Love, Shanda.
2: Yeah, you know what's bullshit? When I'm in my room and I'm talking on the phone and then Nicole comes in there and be like, it's time to get out the phone. It's past 10. And I'm like, I'm talking to my friends. All right, so you got Melinda Lovelace, Lori Tackett, Hope Rippey, and Tony Lawrence were the witches that night. Now, I know it's going to be hard because there's four. It's a lot to keep track of. But you can separate them into two groups because we're going to be talking a lot about pack mentality tonight. Okay, so ah, there were two yes. main killers, Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett. So just think M.L., now, the two that were less involved are going to be Hope, Rippy, and Tony Lawrence. Hmm. Tony is the one that's talking to the police right now. She's the one that came in Interesting. right after this happened.
4: She's the one who looked most menacing in her photo.
2: Now, this actually happened less than 24 hours ago. She came in the morning of to the police station. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, this just happened, and she's trying to tell. And she was involved. Without getting too far into uh, the uh, complexities of this story, keep in mind that Melinda Lovelace is the main girl tonight. We're talking a lot about her. She was having... She had a relationship with this girl named Amanda Heverin, who was bisexual. Now, Amanda was the one that wore, like, the basketball shorts, and she was a skater and a punk. Listened to Punk Rock, The Cure. So Amanda Heverin, she was... The one that they're fighting over. Shanda. Shanda is dating Amanda Heverin right now. And
4: who is jealous of that?
2: Melinda Loveless, one of okay. the main witches.
4: The Yeah, the curly the, the
2: main witch. Yep. Her and Amanda had a passionate, passionate relationship. But they recently broke up. So the jealousy of her, Melinda Loveless, I know there's a lot of girls' names, the jealousy of Melinda Loveless seeing... Her ex-girlfriend, Amanda Heverin, with Shanda Scherer, just ate her up alive. Were
4: they, like, sex, very sexual with each yeah, other at this were. time? Like, they're having sex at this age? Yeah.
2: However, that was scissoring. I think y'all refer to it as.
4: What do you mean, y'all? We don't do no, that. No, I'm saying,
2: like, I'm pretty sure girls scissor. No. I saw that on South Park. <laughs> All right, so here's how it goes. Melinda Lovelace wanted to show Shanda Sharer a lesson. Now, she's popular. She's almost like a Girl Scout, popular. She's all prissy. She has her hair like that. She uses Farrah Faucet spray in her hair for pumps. You know, she's like very, and she's uh, getting all the attention. Now, Melinda Lovelace was that at one point. She still is, but now there's this new girl on the block. She's coming to the school. And Melinda Lovelace was the top at one point, but now she's getting dethroned by this Shanda Sharer girl.
4: Okay, so Shanda is Lindsay Lohan. Yes,
2: I've never seen that movie. So. You never what?
4: saw Mean
2: Girls, Jen? You Excuse have not me? even seen Indiana Jones. <laughs> you expect me to watch Mean Girls and not yes, Indiana mean Jones? Mean Girls is Absolutely. good. Dude, you haven't seen half the movies you should have seen. You haven't seen American Psycho. You haven't seen Every time Indiana I asked to Jones. watch it, you guys like no. Cause we've seen it, Jed. She says, I'ma teach her am I'm l I'ma teach that bitch a lesson. Melinda just wants to scare her to death. Okay. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So she pulls out this kitchen knife from her kitchen and she rallies up the troops. She gets all four of these girls. Melinda, Hope, Lori, and Tony. And they get in the car and they go to Shandon's they drive to Shanda's house or her father's house.
1: I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hop bombs that forget about flavor, others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, All Day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste All Day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer, and now hard seltzers too, at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company. Born and brewed in Michigan since 1997.
0: I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The thing. Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The and a foul of the comatose Coxswain.: Progressive cream. Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Now, Melinda and Shanda has already been fighting. I feel like I'm in junior high when I tell this story. Now, Melinda and Shanda have already been fighting. Okay? So, Melinda can't show up at the house because she's trying to lure shanda out of the house or she can't be seen at the house because she's trying to lure shanda out of the house so she hides in the back they park about half a block away from shanda sharer's house melinda was just gonna threaten her a bit that's what she was telling all the other girls well actually she was saying i'm gonna kill that i'm a to kill her i'm sick she's i'm sick of this she wears her hair like me she pushes her boobies up like me she's she wears the same jeans
4: I think it, when anyone <laughs> says the word boobies, it just sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it just sounds really like a very immature word. That's how I feel about the word titties, too, but boobies even more
3: so. Yeah, I like titties better than boobies.
2: So, I should have say the entire story tonight... These girls don't know where the hell they're going. In fact, just to get to her house, they had to stop at McDonald's where they got some chicken nuggets. That's not the hell, only time they... <laughs> yeah, they did. That's not the only Thank you. Nut McNugget part. But Uh-oh. they stopped at McDonald's to get some chicken nuggets and ask where they were going. Now, they finally get to her house. Now, Hope and Tony go to the door to knock. Now, Melinda's hiding. Okay, because if she, if Shanda share Knows and Melinda's in there, she would never go because they were literally having fights. They're fighting over the same girl. So Hope and Tony go to the door and they knock. Oh, Jen, I'm not taking her a shot, dude. No, I'll be too drunk to tell these love letters. We have like 10 love letters we got to read tonight, and they're all about lesbian sex. Hey, I, I want to say, guys, I've been getting a lot of taco specials. We are overloaded. So next week, I'm going to try, try, try my best for my fans to put out three episodes. No promises just yet, but they will all be taco specials because I got to get some of these out of the kitchen and served up to you guys hot and fresh. I'm
4: so, rolled in that body got every minute and wishing. If I,
2: if I had skipped yours for some reason and you think maybe I forgot yours— Maybe I have. You need to go on the forum and make sure that you're not drowned out
3: somewhere. He says. you is because you're beautiful. Every time we I'm all in love with you. La, 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 Do, <laughs> I really can do that no I want right. I really can you don't believe me
4: let's get much. on with
2: this we just took a break and took a few shots so this oh, is part two. yeah
4: I needed this tonight this
2: podcast is going downhill pretty quick uh, right now
3: yes <laughs> more McNuggets oh yeah
2: alrighty then i glad uh, Nicole agrees
3: let's get that on record on video thank you
2: oh Nicole read this this is what this is what Melinda Loveless... I used to have a friend named Loveless. Well, not a friend.
3: Is it, is it Lovelace?
2: No, her name was Loveless. Can you read this lesbian love... Sure. Quote.
3: She said she thought Shanda was cute, that she'd like to have sex with Shanda, that she was going to run the knife up and down her stomach and play with her. Oh, that's... That turned
2: quickly. That's what Melinda Lovelace said about Shanda. She's so cute, but I just want to run my knife up and down her. The, the idea here was Hope and Tony go up to the door. Now, Melinda is very bossy. She's so bossy about this whole thing. She needs to get Shanda in the car. That's the main mission. Because they're going to take her to the witch's castle. So Hope and Tony go up to the door. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. The father opens up and they say, Can I speak to Shanda? We're her friends. And then Shanda comes out. Hey, Shanda, we're friends. We we go to the school together. Amanda, your girlfriend, wants to meet you tonight at the witch's castle. Now, this is a local teen hangout. So they were going to meet there you know and do what they do have sex have sexual intercourse coitus and shanda says not right now because my father's home so go ahead and read this Nicole
4: not right now cuz my parents are awake shanda said in a hushed voice come back around midnight and i'll go and be sure to have amanda with you when you come be- come back for with you have her spend the night with you or something
2: they drive back to her house to wait Okay, so they're probably 45 minutes away. And to wait out the night, they decided to go to this little skate park, A1 Skate Park. It's another local teen hangout. There was a hardcore punk band playing and they wanted to slam dance. So they go to this hardcore punk show and they slam the shit dance. They slam dance. They dance out the slammers. Y'all know what slam dancing is?
3: No. Some people call it slamming, and some people call it pogon, and some call it the skang. But uh, I just call it dancing because that's normally what you're doing. This one, I just call this more or less a slam. It's just keep going in a circle, keep moving your arms and stuff, and just bouncing off people, pushing them away. And then you'll see people stepping out through the crowd like this, <laughs> pushing people off they bounce into them. What? And then also, there's also people. See, they'll be doing the pogo, pogo, pretty close to the stage. And you keep moving around in a circle like this, because that's the way the pit moves is in a circle. People are jumping off stage, you push them away, and just try not to get out of that circle, because if you do, you get out of the beat. This is quite the video. Wow. The that's not
2: what I was picturing. All right. That was me in high school. <laughs> Slam dancing. Go to talk murder to see the slam dancing video I found on how to slam dance. <laughs> because when I see something, I was reading this book and it said they went to slam dance. I'm not just gonna be like, okay, I'll put that in there. No, I'm gonna go research what the fuck it is. You know, that's
4: funny. <laughs> that was very. And that's interesting. what it is. That was it's, an interesting video. Yeah. Thanks for
2: that. <laughs> so they finally make it back to Shannon's house and they pick her up. She's I mean, the fathers went to sleep. It's two in the morning. He done went to sleep. And she says, you know what? I'ma sneak out with these bitches. But she didn't know they were witches. Be witches. Be witches. I'ma sneak out with these bitches. These bitches be and witches. I'ma go see my girlfriend, my lover, my everything, my sweet serenades.
3: Love of my night.
2: If Amanda Hebron. Me. Now, they were just going to scare her a little bit. Melinda kept saying, You know what? I'm just going to scare. Her. I got this knife. I'm going to make her pee pee in her pants. I'm going to scare the shit out of her. That's all we're doing. So they drove back to Jeffersonville. Now, the whole time they're getting lost. They had to once stop at another gas station, ask for directions. I mean, I swear to God, none of these girls should be driving anyway. Um, and they actually make it to the witch's castle. Shanda finally agrees to come with them because she wants to see Amanda. And as soon as she gets in the car, Melinda jumps from the back with a knife. And this is what she says.
4: Surprise! I guess you weren't expecting to see me, Melinda this <laughs> and Please don't hurt me. Shanda yelped and started crying. Shut up, bitch, Melinda told her as she pressed the dull of her knife even harder into Shanda's neck. I just want to talk about Amanda. I want you to tell me the truth about Amanda. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to talk. So she...
2: The whole time is screaming. They push her out at the witch's castle, and they're like, we're going to sacrifice you. We're going to kill you. We're going to sacrifice you here. You're messing with my girl. This night it ends. Sounds like a 50s gang. Now, the witch's castle was actually on private property, and they got spooked, spooked, when they saw a few cars driving by. So they threw Shanda back in the car. And they all drove and they went down this isolated road. So they didn't actually do anything at the witch's castle. They just pushed her around a bit, threatened her, but they got spooked there. They were going to
4: kill her there. Well,
2: well, you say kill her there. Melinda, nobody, none of these girls. I don't even think Melinda knew that they were going to kill her that night. I think even Melinda knew that they were just going to scare the shit out of her. That's why we're going to talk about pack mentality. So they drove back to Jeffersonville, in an isolated country road, Route 62. Now, the whole time they're driving, they're playing really creepy music in the background. Lori, which we'll talk about later, she is actually a Wiccan. Okay? She's like the uh-huh. only witch real witch. Uh She was Pentecostal at first. The rest are just pretending. She got out of Pentecostalness. She went back, and then she finally said, screw it, I'm doing Wiccan stuff.
4: Pentecostals are the one that like speak in tongues, right?
2: And most of these girls, yeah, they do. So creepy. If you're a Pentecostal, please don't stop listening. Most of these girls have cut themselves. They've got cuts on their wrist. Mm. But Lori is the actual Wiccan in the group. So she is also the protagonist. She like... Wants to push things forward, and in fact, Melinda. Even if if it wasn't for those two, I don't think this girl would have got murdered. I think if it was just one of them, but they both kind of played off each other's energy, as you'll see. So they get to this isolated country road, Route sixty two. Tony and Hope stayed in the car. Now, Tony, remember, Tony's the one telling the police all this right now. This is through her eyes.
3: Mm-hmm. In your, your eyes.
2: Tony Lawrence had the least active role in the whole murder. In fact, she was scared because she can't defy the leader, Melinda Lovelace. Uh huh. She can't be like, "This ain't, this ain't cool, peeps." I'm outie because peer pressure and shit. You know what I'm saying?
4: True. You don't want to look like a wuss.
2: Yeah. Melinda and Lori, they. Push Amanda out of the car. She's screaming, crying, tears growing everywhere. Don't kill me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. She's saying, I'll stay away from Amanda. I'll stay away from her. I promise. I know she was yours. I promise. Melinda and Lori strip her down to her panties. Okay, now they want to sexually assault her right there, but instead Melinda punches her right in the stomach, and this is what Shanda responds with.
4: Please stop. I have asthma. I can't breathe, Shanda whimpered.
2: Melinda takes Shanda's head, after they punch her. And she starts slamming it on her knee. Now, this is the point where... Are
4: they on any sort of
2: drugs or anything? No, but a lot of them have drinking? mental issues, as you'll uh, see. Mm. Melinda takes her head and starts slamming it on her knee. Bow, bow, bow. Now, Jeez. this kind of crosses the line. Because now, you've got the face all beat up. Right. Punching in the stomach's one right. thing. You can cover the bruise with a shirt. But now, you got blood going everywhere. The broken nose... Of the face. Right. There's a line that was just crossed there. Tony, like I said, the other two girls, Tony and Hope, are in the car. They're watching all this. Melinda and Lori push her down on the ground. Melinda takes the dull knife and puts it right on her throat and tries to slit her throat. Ooh. Just like that Bianca Devon was one. Trying to slit her throat wide open. The knife was too dull. She actually takes her foot and she presses it down on the knife and tries to just dig it right in there. What dig is it. Enough, in enough. Like throat.
3: that's that's just it's too But much. it was just
2: too dull. The knife was just too dull. So it wouldn't work. So, they take a rope from the car that they brought with them. Now they circle of the rope. It's
4: kind of interesting that they brought with them so many things. Like yeah. it kind of makes it seem like it was maybe more premeditated. Right. Yeah. Like, they brought these things, like, just in case. Like, just in case what? You know what I mean? Right.
2: Yeah. Well, they were, I think they were going to tie her up in the witch's castle, and I don't know, though. I mean, they could have. Anyway, they take the rope. They, ra- they circle it around her neck. Now, think about this in your mind. So, you take the middle of the rope. You circle it a few times around the neck. Now, one of you gets on one side. The other gets on the other, and you guys walk away from each other. <gasps> So, you see, the, the rope is tightening around her neck.
3: My goodness. Oh, yeah.
2: They pull it so hard that she passes out. Now, they think she's dead
4: for that a little bit. It's gruesome for teenage girls.
2: They think she's dead already. Okay.
4: Were they happy about that? Yeah, they were really oh, happy. All right.
2: Yeah. They throw her back in the trunk. They drive to Lori's house to grab a Pepsi. As I said, they thought she was dead. They're upstairs drinking the Pepsi in her room, you know, doing girl stuff or whatever. And they hear her kicking and screaming in the trunk. Now, she kind of lives in—I mean, they're neighbors around her place. So she goes down there, and she opens the trunk, and Lori starts stabbing her a few times. And one time, as you saw in the autopsy photo, right in the back of the head. Mm. Because they thought she was already dead. Now she's not. I'm going to stab her a few times. Once in the back of the head. Okay, now she's dead. Shut the trunk. Go back and drink some Pepsi. They go back upstairs, and Lori pulls out her rune stones, because she's a Wiccan, so she has rune stones. And she starts telling Melinda's future. And it's all bright and happy, and she's with Amanda, and everything's so perfect. Anyway, I didn't know what rune stones were, so I looked them up, and I found this video of this... Wiccan or witch or something telling about rune stones.
3: Is it like a Ouija board?
1: Hey guys, I'm Ad. Welcome
3: to my channel. Today I want to talk to you guys about runes. One of my favorite subjects. One
4: of my favorite things to use and cast. First, I want to start off with rune lore. In the beginning, before runes were created, Woden, or Odin, ended up hanging himself on the world tree in order to gain the knowledge and wisdom from this tree. And through that time that he hung come there, he actually founded the runes, and he shared them with everyone around him. So not
1: only were runes used um, for divination and casting, they were also used as a part of the language, or Old English, or Norse.
2: Alright, anyway, that's about runes.
3: Well, I don't get it. I still don't get it but they, you know they're like I,
2: stones or something i don't know
3: but i would like to i i would like to
2: somebody would get it out there
3: well i would like to get it but here's my point is i i'm really actually very interested in learning about different religions and cultures and what other people's beliefs are even though i'm pretty set in my um uh, my my views but i think it's interesting to to learn about like what other people believe to get their perspective That was kind of an interesting video. Well,
2: as I told you last time, Southern Baptists are the only one getting into Heaven, Jen. That hasn't changed. Uh (laughs) All righty, then. So now they drive to Lemon Road. So they all get in the car. They just drank Pepsi and did Rune Stones. They all drive to this little abandoned road called Lemon Road, the place where she was actually found. And the whole time she's screaming, they actually had to pull over once, and Lori gets out to shut her up. And she hits her with a tire iron, a tire iron, if you want to read this.
4: Every time she screamed, we opened the truck and hit her over the head with a wire, a tire tool, Lori told them, laughing. Laughing?
2: So I'm giving you little snippets here, but the actual book was pulled from court documents, and it's pretty gruesome. Okay, so it's, um, it talks about when they open the trunk, because she's been stabbed multiple times, it talks about, oh, her hair was beautiful, blonde, and curly, but now it's all red. They talk about when they open the trunk, eventually she's just rocking back and forth, and she just mumbles, Mommy mommy it's like really in depth you could get that book on uh, kindle unlimited if you go talk more i'll put a link for you you
3: know what i think is the worst part is that i i tried to i tried to verbalize this earlier but i couldn't get my words out i think is that instead of instead of bonding together as a community as this small group probably at that time in the 90s of of lesbians that were out and you know comfortable with their sexuality albeit being so young um like instead of bonding and, and 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 empowering each other they commit this gruesome crime and it's just it's just so sad i don't know
2: i'm kind of uh censoring a little bit if you want to see everything you got to read the book is very gruesome but they basically torture her for eight hours straight kicking, punching, spitting in the face, sexually assaulting her with a tire iron. That's why, like, and, like, when you read her anus was so spread out, that's because the tire iron was just, they were just degrading her in every way. It was mainly Melinda and Lori that was doing this. Now, Hope had less of a responsibility in the murder. She actually took Windex and was spraying it in the eyes and stuff now oh, she was my just God. she was doing that this I is think awful. I think because she wanted to have some part in it because number one they were scared too her and Tony were scared they didn't want anything to do with this you can you'll see that in the book Lori was bloodlust I mean she loved this stuff. the the Wiccan she loved all this stuff she was laughing about it and having a great time Melinda. Was also loving it. Tony and Hope, they didn't really want anything to do with it. Hope gets out and tries to be part of the gang. She didn't want to stab her or whatever, so she sprayed Windex in her eyes. Now, they torture her for eight hours, everything imaginable. You can think of beating, stabbing. She's still alive. They're spitting on her, you know, raping I, her.
3: I wonder if Hope did that. I mean, you were, you were talking about pack mentality, but I wonder if she did that so that they wouldn't. You know
2: yeah that's what she didn't want to she did that to appease the leader right so that they that was the only reason on she did it um they actually stopped so they threw her back in the trunk and they stopped at a gas station and they bought a two liter pepsi they drank a little bit poured the rest out filled the rest with gasoline at this point they opened the trunk and she's rocking back and forth she's still alive so this is eight hours of torture
3: she's a fighter
2: Now, Hope poured the gasoline on her. I know I said Hope didn't have as much responsibility, but she was pressured. Lori was like, just pour it on her, Hope. And Hope's like, no, can you do it? Lori's like, no, don't be a pussy. Here, take it. Pour it all over. Within minutes then, she was on fire. Completely doused with gasoline and burnt on fire. They drove away, but then they came back about five minutes later because they didn't think that she was... I mean, it was cold outside. They wanted to make sure that she was burning. So so if you want to read this, this is what they did when they drove back.
4: There was still some gas left in the Pepsi bottle, and Melinda poured it onto the smoldering body. She stood there for a second and watched it flame up again. Then she threw the Pepsi bottle down. She told the girls that Shanda's tongue was going in and out of her mouth, and she made fun ab- about that when she got back in the car.
2: That's pretty bad. twisted what's really bad about this story the most the the worst thing about this story is she was tortured for eight hours and she didn't die you know how she died the medical examiner found soot in her lungs (laughs) which means her ultimate cause of death was being set on fire she burned alive after an eight-hour torture session it was being burned alive that actually killed her because she was inhaling the smoke.
4: That's awful. Because they found it in her lungs. That's an awful way to die.
2: I mean, that last sentence, her tongue was going in and out of her mouth. That's so awful. Here, Jen, you can read this. You should have seen it.
3: It was so funny, Melinda said. I'm glad she's dead. I'm glad she's out of me and Amanda's life.
2: Now, at 9.30 a.m., this is what's really despicable. At 9.30 a.m., all four of the girls... Okay, this is about the same time that the body was being discovered by the quail hunters at 9 30 a.m. The girls are standing there in the McDonald's line ordering breakfast and they actually order sausage biscuits and then take the sausage patty out, the sausage patty out and then, then say, Hey, this looks like Shanda. Doesn't it? What doesn't this fuck? look like Shanda? The sausage biscuit. It's all, you know, brown and burnt
3: oh my goodness that's disgusting that's awful it's pretty bad that's awful
2: it's pretty bad like it
3: was a joke to them
2: yeah this whole thing's a joke to them a life is not a joke all right later they go back to laurie's home and they start to clean the car out and this is what laurie says
4: laurie found something that looked like a bloody piece of skin she picked it up and was feeling it and looking at it look it's a piece of
3: her head oh no oh my goodness
2: and then it brings you back to Tony Lawrence telling the police stories, where we're at now. Now, let me talk a little bit about Melinda Lovelace. Why would someone do this shit? What do you guys think about this murder? Pretty bad, isn't it?
4: Like, One of the worst, I I think. mean, it's, it's fucked up, and then you consider the age, and it's appalling.
3: Like, they killed a 12-year-old girl.
4: And they're themselves so young. It's minors.
3: They're minors. I almost don't even have any words.
2: Now, if you read the book, I'm not going to get too far into this, but Melinda Lovelace, the main girl that was having the fight with Shannon in the first place about her girlfriend, she grows up in a very abusive home. She's the youngest of three sisters, and the father, Larry, was molesting all the children. Oh. Okay, He was a Vietnam vet. He was just a piece of shit when he got back, beating his wife, cheating on his wife. Making his wife do degrading things, uh, alienating her from her family. That sounds
3: like severe symptoms of PTSD. I'm not. I'm not defending that, but I'm just saying that's probably. It probably the war had probably changed him.
2: So the book you got to read the whole story in the book, but just know that Melinda was the youngest, and all the daughters were sexually abused. He abused the cousins. He was a pedophile. That's what he was. But Melinda, you really got to read the book to understand this, but she became hard to explain connection between her and her father. She was getting molested, yeah, but she was very dependent on her father. Does that make sense? They would sleep together. like He would sleep with her. In the same bed and have sex with her and everything. It was oh. really awful. But Melinda came so dependent on the dad. It's really bad. That's if you awful. read the book, you understand what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, man.
4: That's
2: but, awful. So she grew up in a very, Ugh. very bad home. But, and, in fact, after this story takes place and they're all in prison, because they all get sent to prison, obviously, the father, from the stories that Melinda tells to the judge, The father is put in prison.
3: Good piece of shit. That's very sad that she grew up in that type of environment. But that doesn't make what she did any better.
2: All right, somebody read that.
3: That summer, all Melinda talked about was
4: one bad experience after another. According to Melinda, her first sexual encounter with a boy ended terribly. After sex was over, he slapped her, treating her like she was scum. Soon she decided she would become bisexual, and that made Melinda happier. She still went out with guys, but she increasingly realized that girls could satisfy her needs more. Eventually, her cousin Lisa introduced Melinda to Amanda Heverin.
2: Now, as you'll see from the love videos, are the love letters that we're going to read when we're going to read them buzzed. I'm kind of drunk. Amanda was caught in this spider web between these two girls.
4: Sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm caught up in your spider web. Cellulose.
2: You got Shanda Sher <laughs> that would also go out with boys. so She was bisexual, and she was playing both sides of the field. Then you got Melinda Lovelace that was a lesbian, and Amanda Heverin is right in the middle getting pulled by both. And to it came this very unhealthy tension that resulted into this.
3: Thevenin noted that Melinda suffered from low self-esteem and given the history of the family, she thought it was possible that Melinda had been molested. Melinda was obsessed with Larry. She even tried to imitate his clothes and mannerisms, the counselor discovered. Melinda confessed her same-sex relationship, talked about her guilt feelings about her father, blaming herself for his disappearance, and expressed great shock and anxiety when she learned that her two sisters alleged that they were sexually abused by Larry.
2: So Melinda is saying that she was never sexually abused. Larry's the father. That she was never never sexually abused by her father. But it's very obvious to the counselor and to everyone. You just read the book. You'll see. You'll see. If you really want to dive into the story and dive into Melinda's background to see why someone could do something like this, if you believe in nurture versus nature kind of thing, I mean, there's no excuse. But she grew up in a fucking (sighs) horrific family life.
4: I mean, we've been doing... This is episode, what, 70-something?
2: or seven, I don't know.
4: I mean, so many of the stories that we've covered, we've talked about the, the solved cases, at least. So many of the cases that we've covered the murderers in question have really terrible upbringings. Not all the time, not 100% of the time, but it is making a very interesting case about this whole nature versus nurture.
2: This this is what Melinda's cousin Lisa uh, claimed that she saw.
4: I ate lunch with Melinda one day, and she was, like, being mean to her. She was making fun of her hair. She was, Shanda.
2: She's making fun of Shanda, sorry.
4: She was saying, look at her boobs, Lisa recalls. Shanda had gotten in trouble or something, and she was cleaning the tables. Whenever she would clean another table, Belinda was making fun of her, calling her an ugly girl. Stuff like that, just because she thought she was trying to take Amanda away from her. She just made it known that she didn't like her.
2: This is one of the the many love letters that were slipped through the locker vents of Amanda and her lesbian lover, Shanda.
4: Shanda, sorry I didn't call. I forgot. Could you give me your number and your classes again, please? Hey, so how do you like ISS? I guess it's okay. I don't want you to think I'm a bad person or anything. Just so you guys know, ISS is in-school suspension. Yeah, in and case you didn't know that.
2: After-school suspension is ASS.
4: I don't like to fight.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's real.
4: I hate fighting. It's just when I had you on the ground getting ready to hit you, I couldn't be beca- couldn't "'because you look so helpless down there, "'but then you swung at me, "'so I started hitting you and pulling my hair. "'Well, I'm laying in bed about 10 p.m., "'time for me to go to bed. "'Listen, okay, Shanda, I know the way you are now. "'Either you're putting an act on me "'or you're saying you like me, "'or you're putting an act on your friends. "'You act so different around your friends "'than you do to me. "'What's up? "'You're so nice to me. "'Please tell me became, "'because friends don't tell me their classes "'for the hell of it. "'So there's gotta be a reason.'" I have a question to ask you. I know this is going to sound dumb, but do do you kind of, in a way, like girls? If so, I think it's cool because it's so different. Is that why you're so nice to me? Do you think I'm cute or something? Please tell me the truth. I won't laugh because I think it's cool. Your friend, Amanda H. P.S. Tell me if you do because I would really like to know. Melinda said she asked you about that, but you said it was cool. And you wrote to me and that said it's nice. Please tell me.
2: All right, so we are starting on the locker love letters between the lovebirds tonight. I hope you guys are ready to read a lot of juicy notes.
3: Always. Janda, hey girlfriend, what's up? Please don't let Melinda bother you. Please don't stop liking me because of her. I tried to call you about three times so that your mom said you couldn't talk. I said okay, thanks. I was wondering, do you still like me? If so, I'm glad. I have a lot in store Friday or Saturday. Something you've been talking about for a while now. Do you know what I mean? I'm just joking. Or do you not want me to joke? Do you want me to ha- happen when I get in store? <laughs> what? If so, answer back yes. If I see you Friday or Saturday, okay? So how are you and Ray doing? I saw you all walking in the halls holding hands, kissing each other. Goodbye. <laughs> what? I walked behind you yesterday to Mrs. Walker's room y- last yesterday. Well, gotta go. Love, Amanda. <laughs> P.S. I think I'm starting to like someone. You know her.
2: All right, so I'm going to take one. Shanda, hey, I'm in band sixth, and I saw you today coming out from the fire drill. I thought you looked very cute. Listen, Sat, maybe we can work something out. Like you meet me somewhere and we'll hang out. I'll talk to you about it. Love, Amanda. (laughs) P.S. Yes, I I will flirt. Will I have sex or make love with you? That's a big question for such a little girl. Can you back your word up? Amanda,
4: why did you write her fucking name on your folder? It hurt so much when I saw it. I didn't think you'd put her ugly name on your folder and you wrote it. You must have liked her enough to write her name. Why? Well, I'm gone. Melinda. P.S. Just tell me you like her
3: once, because I know. Shanda, sorry about Nathan. Sometimes he can be a bother to me. Sorry I slipped and said some bad words. Well, as you know, I got grounded. I'm always grounded, so don't call. I'll call you, okay? I will come over when I get a chance, so I'll probably write a lot of letters. When I'm grounded, I write a lot of letters. I hate my dad sometimes. He doesn't want me to hang around with Nathan. Sorry you had to hear him yelling. I hate it, too. Okay, gotta tell you. I can't hold nothing back from you, Shanda. I went back to Melinda's house. She asked me to go back with her. I probably wouldn't have got grounded if we didn't stop off at Melinda's house. What kills me is that I want to go with both of you when you do go to your dad's Friday. Well, if I'm not doing anything and you want me to go with... I will if my my dad lets me. Well, I gotta take a shower. Be back after I take it. 8.30. It's 8.45. I'm back. As you can see. (gasps) What? That's what I mean when I say I'm confused, because I love you both. Shanda, I love you. Well, listen, if I'm not busy, I'll write you again tonight. Love ya, Amanda-poo. Amanda loves Shanda.
2: (laughs) Holy fuck, what is going on?
4: Shanda, hey, girly, were you mad at me when I let you go? It seemed as though you were because you slammed your phone down. Well, you wanted to know if I'm in love. You love me, but deep down you probably really don't. Like you said, you may never ever stop liking me. I hope not, because I might have, sh- have to shoot you up. No, just joking. Don't get me wrong, I like you and everything, but I like Melinda too. And you got to understand, I knew her a lot longer. About a year. She says the same thing. She says she's in love with me, and she doesn't really know till about two or three months after she knew me. But I'm not saying I wouldn't kiss you. I would love to. I never said I wouldn't make love to you. I don't know what to do. I have two beautiful girls who like me and don't know, I don't know what to do, Shanda. I can't say I love you because I don't know. I like you. I don't want to be mad at you. I hope you never stop liking me because I look forward to a good future with you. Please still like me, okay? Please try to write back or talk to me and tell me what you think. But Shanda, I never want you to quit loving me. I think it's sweet of you to say you love me. I love it when you say I love you in six period. Please don't stop saying it.
2: <laughs> you see why I love this story. Awesome. All right, so Amanda is caught into spider webs. So leave a message and, and I'll call, call you, you back. Uhly right, story, but Shanda leave a message and I'll call you back. Shanda, hey girl, what's up? I'm in study hall being real bored. Amanda was outside my door, so I played it off. And I got something to drink. <laughs> Dumbass teacher. Hey. <laughs> Well, have you decided if you're going to attend the dance? I'm not. I'll probably get to the mall and see a fucking lame movie or something, you know? Well, I've bored you enough, so I'll TTYL. Babe, love ya.
4: I mean, Shanna just had this airy attitude about her. I mean, when I would just talk to her, she was real, real sweet and nice. And she just laughed and had fun and she was kiddish. Melinda said, we would walk around and we would wear real, real tight jeans. She started dressing like me and doing her hair like me to please Amanda, I guess. I would just yell at her and threaten. I would just say stuff like, trying to look at me now, just, you know. I would get on my, she would get on my nerves wearing these tight jeans and shaking her butt around school and Amanda would stare and I would be right there with Amanda and that's disrespect to me.
1: My
3: feelings for you are getting stronger and stronger each day. I know sometimes it may seem like I really don't give a damn about you. Like, I don't even know you. It's just I'm scared of treating you the wrong way. I just don't want to do something wrong and fuck us up. Right now, I just don't know about relationships with anyone because I already got hurt in one. Plus, we haven't even gone together for that long. I didn't ask Melinda to go study with me till about six or nine months after we had been going together. You know, I do care about you. It's just I have mixed emotions. In a way, I still love Melinda. I think I always will. I think that's something that will never change about me, Shanda. So I guess you'll just have to let me, you will just have to grow to love me like that. I mean, I still get jealous over Melinda when she talks with other people. I'm just not over her yet. It will take a while because love takes time. If you think you can wait it out, it will prove how much much love you really got for me. But deep down inside, it's like maybe you're only doing this because it's something new. That's one big question I need to ask you. I know sex is fun, but how come you want to have it every time I'm over there? Love's not about sex. Well, it helps, but love is loving someone for who they are, not for what they're capable of doing in bed. Well, I really got to go. Love you, Amanda Hebron. Right back soon.
2: All righty then. They're getting juicy. Now, I want to tell you, around this time, there was a school dance, and this is what really set it off. Amanda's caught in the spider web between these two girls. Both of them want to take her to the dance, and she doesn't know which one to choose. She finally chooses Shanda, but then Melinda shows up after the dance when they're outside. They're together kissing and holding hands, and then Melinda shows up and causes a racket.
4: Shanda, hey honey, yes I do love you, but it feels just like Melinda has got me in some kind of trance. I don't know how to get out of it. I'm scared. If I try to get out, something bad will happen. I'm scared to death. Love ya, Amanda. Shanda, thanks for the note. Hey, I don't ever think I would tell Melinda we were going together. She would probably kill you. Yes, I love you a lot, Shanda, honey. We'll talk after school. Love you, Amanda.
2: All right. And around this time, the dance happened. Melinda shows up and she slaps Shanda in the face, and then it's quickly broken up. After this, the fatal night happens. All right. So let me talk about the sentencing. All four girls were tried as adults and all four Whoa. accepted plea bargains in order to avoid the death penalty. Well, I'm
3: glad they were to tried To
4: avoid the death penalty. Yeah.
2: Tony and Hope, the ones that were least involved, they received lighter sentences. Lauren, Tony Lawrence, about 20 years, wow. Rippy getting 50, but it's shortened to 35 on a pill. Tony has already been released in, from prison in 2000. She actually has kids of her own. After serving nine years wow. and and Hope, Rippy, served 14 years and she got out in 2006.
4: Hmm. It's interesting how they served so much lighter sentences than they were actually given. Right. Well,
2: th- you know, we didn't really have time to talk about the pack mentality, but the I get psychology. It. It's like, peer, the pack it's like mentality, peer, peer yeah. pressure. Yeah, peer pressure. And they
4: weren't the ones directly k- doing the killing. Some like in some ways they were kind of like I don't want to say they were innocent bystanders, but they were bystanders.
2: Both Melinda and Lori received 60-year sentences. Yeah, they're both still in prison, but the really interesting thing about this, how this ends here, is Melinda, depending on how you view this, found a program in prison. She's still in prison. Called the ICANN program. Basically, they get trained the inmates get trained to train dogs for people with social disabilities or whatever so she trains dogs and she is one of the best trainers in Indiana now she's still in prison okay
4: i have seen that this is like a program that
2: yeah so that i can and she is yeah. if depending on what you believe she's rehabilitated and, I
4: don't think they should get out of prison necessarily, no, but not. I think that's a great use of someone's time. Yeah, she's in prison. not getting sure. out. But
2: but where I'm trying to go with this is the mother, Shanda Cher's mother, was shown a video of Melinda, the main girl, training these puppies and how much care and attention she gave them and how much love she showed them. She was so moved by that that the mother of the victim, Shanda's mother, and the killer, Melinda are really close to each other now in a very interesting twist.
4: Wow. And in fact— I can't say that I would do that,
2: honestly. Well, the mother actually was so moved by her— I mean, because she was—they're all teenagers at the time. I I know that's not really an excuse, but—
4: But they did something—like, they took it too fucking far. Yeah. Yeah. And and, it's—and they laughed at it. They thought it was cool— and but
2: then Melinda grew up in abusive. Uh, but
4: uh, I, I don't think that excuses anything.
2: What do you guys think out there, tacos and fans? Get on the comment to us on the post. Tell us do you think about do you think Melinda would have been this way if she wasn't sexually abused by her father? I mean, if if you read the book, it's free on Kindle. It's it's awful the amount of abuse she went through. I mean, she was so dependent on her dad. And she just denied all the sexual abuse. It's like she didn't even know it was happening. I mean, from a baby, she was getting abused. Oh, what, so what I want to say is, Shanda's mother actually donated a dog for Melinda to train. Oh, that's the nice. dog was the dog's name is Angel. And you remember, like Melinda trains them from puppies, and then eventually mm-hmm. has to give them to whoever they're going to. So it's she goes through this love hate bittersweet she's like really learning what it is like to lose something because she's loving this dog so much and then she's giving it up i i really do think if there's anyone that has quote-unquote been rehabilitated it is her but that's your opinion watch the video on the post and let me know what you think but that's all i I I don't
4: i i think that's great that she's doing something meaningful with her time in prison i don't think she should be let out be earlier than her sentence
2: Yeah, but that is uh, my story on Shanda Share, and I hope you guys enjoyed that story.
4: Well, that was fucking wild.
2: Yeah, so next week we're doing some taco specials. I'm trying to get them out the way for you guys, so I'm going to be putting in a lot of work, so make sure to request your stories if you're a Supremo or, or a small taco. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmer.com slash join, become a talk host primo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker swag, a lot of love, shout out all over the place. Tell me what story you may do. I will research it dedicated to you on the Murder podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, my witches.